Well, good morning to the elite, select <laughs> crowd of 9.30 this morning. I do want to say you are welcome to be where you are, but if you'd like to be cozier for, like, warmth, you also can move in <laughs> anytime. I want to open this morning with words from Percival Chubb, an ethical culture leader in the early 20th century at the St. Louis Ethical Society. Once more, the fields have ripened to harvest, and the fruitful earth has fulfilled the promise of spring. The work of those who labor has been rewarded. They have sown and reaped, planted and gathered. How rich and beautiful is the bounty gathered, the golden grain and clustered corn, the grapes of purple and green the crimson apples and yellow pears, and all the colors of orchard and garden, vineyard and field. Season follows after season, after winter the spring, after summer the harvest late in autumn. From bud to blossom, from flower to fruit, from seed to bud again, the beauty of earth unfolds. From the harvest of the soil, we are given occasion to garner a harvest of the heart and mind, a harvest of resolve to be careful stewards of all life's gifts and opportunities, a harvest of reverence for the wondrous power and life at work in things that grow and in the soul, a harvest of gratitude for every good which we enjoy and of fellowship for all who are sustained by earth's bounty. I invite you now to join in our opening song we tell stories. Some of you may remember singing this last year, and I invite you then to sing out lustily. The words are projected on the screen behind me.
Ethical Society. My name is Zeb Green, and I'm the clergy intern here. My pronouns are he and him, and I am so glad that you're here this morning, whether in the room or joining us on Facebook. Visitors and guests, we hope that you got a blue name tag so that we know who you are and can welcome you and answer any questions that you might have. We love talking about why this community is so important to us, and we'd like to hear from you and what you're looking for. We hope that you'll join us after the platform service for coffee and cookies in the lobby and social hall. Also, please consider, consider sharing your email with us on the gold sheet in your program so we can add you to our mailing list. You can drop it in the collection basket as it passes later in the platform service. I want to remind you to all, please silence your electronic devices so that you can be fully present today. And while you pull them out, we'd love it if you could check in on social media. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, we are especially mindful of Transgender Day of Remembrance and all those who are victims of violence because of their gender identity and expression, as well as those who continue to live proudly and with great joy despite that oppression. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. Well, it is indeed a pleasure to have all of you with us this morning, and it is a real treat to be up here on the platform on the stage with 
our program staff here. That is quite a delight, joined by Bailey. This is the full compliment, I think, except for Sarah, our team coordinator, who is away and out of town this weekend. This is our program staff, and it is just um, a particular pleasure that I hadn't exactly anticipated when we were planning it to be up here with all of you. And to be here with each of you, particularly our children, this is one of our annual celebrations when we welcome our children to be with us during the entire platform service. And this is indeed our special stone soup celebration. And every year we tell the story of stone soup. And this year, our clergy intern Zeb is going to be telling that story for us. So Zeb, take it away. Once upon a time, there were three very tired and weary travelers. <sighs> I'm so tired, said the first traveler, and the other two just nodded in agreement. Like, so tired that my stomach feels empty and it's making this sound like, <laughs> That's hunger, said the second traveler. Is it? said the first yes said the third and I'm hungry too they were all very hungry when's the last time we even ate asked the second traveler and none of them could remember but just then they saw a village in the distance hey look a village in the distance said the first traveler uh, that looks more like an ethical society to me said the second traveler don't be like that, said the third traveler. It's a village. Well, I hope at least they're ethical. <laughs> and look at all these farms. I'm sure they have an abundance of food and would be happy to share, said the third traveler. Well, let's go and ask them, said the first traveler. And they went towards the village. Now the villagers, they saw these travelers coming. <sighs> they look really hungry, said the potato farmer. I hope we have enough to share, said the kale farmer. I don't know, said the apple farmer. I remember the three travelers we had last year, and they just ate and ate and ate. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have enough, said the kale farmer. We barely had enough to get through the winter. So what should we do, said the potato farmer. I don't know. I mean, what's with these travelers anyways? Why do they have to travel all the time, said the apple <laughs> farmer. Can't they just get a job? <laughs> That's not for us to solve, said the kale farmer. Anyways, let's hide all of our food until they go. So the villagers hid their food to make sure they would have enough through the winter. And just as they put away the very last leaf of lettuce, the travelers arrived. What a beautiful village, said the first traveler. Oh, and we're so hungry, said the second traveler. The third traveler asked, Is there any way that you could share some food with us? And the villagers all just sighed. <sighs> we're sorry, they said. The harvest was really poor this year, the potato farmer said. We have too many mouths to feed as it is, said the kale farmer. And the apple farmer said, if you spent less time traveling and more time farming, you'd understand. 
Food doesn't grow on trees. Um, are you sure about that? You know what I mean, said the apple farmer. And, and, and the travelers, they didn't. But they began to suspect that something was amiss. <sighs> Something's amiss, said the first traveler. Do you have to repeat everything the narrator says, says the second traveler. Don't be like that, said the third traveler. But guys, said the first traveler, the narrator's my friend. And I am their friend. So the first traveler had an idea. I have an idea, said the first traveler. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, what is it, said the tra second traveler. Yeah, I'd really love to hear I'm so hungry, said the third traveler. So gather around, guys, gather around. So they all got into a pile and they discussed their plan. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, I think I understand. All right, let's do it. <sighs> Dear villagers, we're so sorry to hear about your poor crops, especially since the farms looked so healthy on our way into town. <laughs> Hush. <laughs> So we'd like to prepare you a special treat, a really delicious meal, one you can make any time. Stone soup, said the first traveler. And the villagers, they were a little puzzled. What's stone soup? And when was the last time you ever heard of travelers helping to make a meal? Oh, stone soup is so good, said the first traveler. It's high in iron, said the second traveler. <laughs> GMO free, said the third traveler. Completely free range. And 100% organic. Um, said the second traveler, stones and rocks aren't organic material. And completely 100% inorganic, said the first traveler. And the villagers, they like the sound of this. That does sound good, said the potato farmer. And the apple farmer said, I do like the sound of iron. And the kale farmer said, how do we know the stones are really free range? <laughs> because you just gather them up, said the first traveler. So please, the first thing we'll need today is a nice, large pot. Is there anyone available? Oh, it's right in front of me. <laughs> so does anyone have any stones they could bring up and put into our pot? Any way to help us build the stone soup? If you do, please come forward. Melissa and Dara and Amanda will help you. Wow, look at all of these stones. This is amazing. There's so much in this. <laughs> Please don't throw the stones, yes. <laughs> oh, wow, thank you so much. Now, this is starting to look like a great stone soup, but if anyone has 
any vegetables they could add. Just a, a carrot or maybe an onion. Oh, we've got onions up here. Oh, thank you. This is going to make it even better. Oh, look at all these carrots. There's so much here. Oh, and an onion. Oh, leeks. This is amazing. Do we have potatoes or parsnips? Yes, thank you. There's so much here. We are going to have a fantastic stone soup. Now, any other vegetables, named or unnamed, that would like to come forward? <laughs> if you have anything else, please share. Oh, wow. Oh, is there one hidden vegetable in the back that could come forward? I think so. <laughs> oh, this, it's not going to be soup until we get it. Yes? Already, <laughs> And we have our stone soup. Who knew that we could find such abundance just here in this community? Who knew that we could make such a tasty soup so quickly? I bet that we'll have plenty of leftovers too, and the villagers will definitely get through the winter. And can we have some assistance taking the pot out into the main hall? We'll need at least two volunteers if anyone could help. Yes? Maybe an adult volunteer. It's heavy. At least one. Adult volunteers. Yes, we definitely need. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. The rocks make it maybe a little heavier than the pot needs to be. <laughs> All right. Thank you to our volunteers and our stone soup. I invite you now to join in our traditional Thanksgiving song, Thanksgiving Day.
Yesterday, I did what I do on the third Saturday every November. I gathered with a bunch of Girl Scouts on the third floor of the parking garage in Silver Spring at dark o'clock in the morning, fortified by thermoses of hot chocolate and little muffins that they would eat a bite of and then reject, um, and uh, waited for um, minutes and then really close to an hour. It's an interesting thing to wait in a parking garage with about um, 150 uh, girls uh, the age of 12 and under um, and their tired troop leaders for an hour. It's loud, it turns out, that parking garage. But there we waited so that we could participate in the Silver Spring Thanksgiving Day Parade. I know that I saw some of you there uh, watching or marching yourselves. At least one other person was marching in the Thanksgiving Day Parade yesterday. It's one of my favorite traditions over this time. And then I got in a conversation on Facebook later that day as I was home recovering from the cacophonous din of um, many Girl Scouts in a parking garage for an hour. It sort of the, the volume goes up over the course of that hour. And this was actually the time that the Girl Scouts went first. We trade with the Cub Scouts each year about who gets to go earlier in the parade. So I bet those of you marching with the Cub Scouts were waiting even longer on the fourth floor of that garage. I got in a conversation with some folks afterward on Facebook about parades, about whether you love them or you hate them. So if you love parades, raise your hand. If you are a parade lover, if you are a parade hater, don't be scared. Just raise your hand. Like, that's good. Some solidarity in, in parade hating as well. Because they're, they're kind of boring, right? There's like these long stretches where nobody's doing anything actually during the parade. You're waiting, as I mentioned. I'm still reliving the trauma of that waiting today in the garage. It's going to come up several times in my reflection, actually. Well, the reason, I, I can see the reasons to not like parades, you know, the long sort of pauses in between, watching people just walk with their Pomeranians down the National Pomeranian Association has a, a section each time. There was a Batmobile at the end of this parade. That was pretty cool. Did anyone see the Batmobile? It was, it was very impressive. But parades in general, you know, I can understand them not being one's favorite thing. I will tell you, though, what I love about parades. What I love about parades is that it's people getting up early in the morning to do something relatively unpleasant, walk amidst crowds in the cold, because they care about whatever group it is that they're walking with. They care about the Girl Scouts surrounding them, eating one bite of a muffin at a time. Or they care about the little Pomeranians that they're marching next to, tiny fluffy dogs that look like stuffies. They care enough about those Pomeranians, and they want you to care about the Pomeranians enough that they're willing to get up at 6 in the morning and walk with Pomeranians through the streets. They care enough about the marching band that they're part of or the pom-pom squad about the dog training or the ballet performance, or about their Bolivian dance troupe or their Peruvian dance troupe. We added Peruvian last, uh, yesterday, which was quite a, a joy. I like things that give us an opportunity to show that we care about something, 
care enough to show up and spend our time doing it. And it makes sense, I suppose, that I like that kind of thing because, of course, after all, here I am where my whole job is trying to make people care about things. And not just trying to make them care about them, but notice when they do. To notice the people who show up early at West to make sure everything is all set up. To notice the people that help out when you haven't even recruited them for the cleanup team. But they're just there with a sponge in hand, making sure that things work out all right. To notice the people that spend weeks and hours preparing for Winter Festival or for Stone Soup or Spring Festival. Or who are out there every time there's a threat to TPS or DACA who make the time, drop what they're doing and head down to the White House with a sign in hand. Just like a parade but slightly less noisy, Wes is a place where people show up because they care about things. And so this Sunday, as we are celebrating our traditional stone soup, where we add in the stones and the carrots and the onions and the leeks and the, I don't think we had any rutabaga this year, but the squash, we also wanted an opportunity to celebrate the other kind of soup that Wes makes. The big, mucky soup of people that we are. The way that each one of us brings just what we are able to our community together. If we had only carrots in our stone soup, it wouldn't taste very good. I suppose it would be a carrot soup. Or only onions, it would be just an onion soup. It's because we have all of the vegetables in addition to the magic stones. And the same is true at West each one of us bringing something different. If we all brought the same thing, we'd be just that kind of community. But instead, we each bring what we are able to our time together. And so today, we want to celebrate that metaphorical soup as well as the literal one that the cooks are busily preparing downstairs for our lunch that will follow our second platform service today. And we're hoping that you will help us do that. And this time, I'd like to invite you to add gratitude and magical stones to our other soup that we have here. We're going to have a few people who we have set up to start with us this morning, and then we're going to open it up to everyone who's out here to add. So I'm first going to ask Pam Williams, Hi, I'm Pam, and this is my friend Susan, and we've known each other for a long time, and I just want to appreciate all the years and time that she has dedicated herself to our teenagers at WES. She led the teen group for many years. Um, she, let's see, oh, and part of that was taking and organizing our teens to go on work trips to New Orleans to help rebuild New Orleans after Katrina. We did that for many years. 
And she's also been a delegate on our trips to El Rodeo as our dentist. And during that time, she has trained many teenagers to be dental assistants. She has a young man in El Rodeo who could really be a dentist. And um, I just want to appreciate the abundance of her dedication to these young people and what she's done for so many years. If you want to stand, Joe, you're welcome to do that. I'd like that. So I am going to appreciate Joe London. Now, I could appreciate her for many things, including being an extremely dedicated chorus member, very attentive to detail, always checking me about rhythms and notes and pronunciation. However, the thing I'd like to appreciate her about today is the fact that long before I was your music director, First, Doris Justice, a former a member of WES, and then Mari Rothman, and then Joe London were volunteer leaders of our chorus so that we could have music and platform. And Joe told me that when she began, she felt like she needed to do some homework, and she acquired some books. And I can tell you, because she loaned me those books later, that they were most excellent resources on conducting and had all sorts of ideas. And she said, well, some of them. After a while, I said, well, that was a little much. But she led beautifully for three years and encouraged the chorus to be committed and engaged. She spent lots of time, she said, thinking about how the music could fit with our values and fit with platform and really enjoyed that experience. And I feel like she really models the abundance of caring for our community. Karen, she, and hers. And I'd like to appreciate Tony Nam and Marty Kaufman, um, who have for many years crafted our winter festivals, which is even harder, I think, than bringing brownies and Girl Scouts into car garages, um, because the volume is indeed high and the chaos is indeed rampant. And they make an incredible experience of the creating and an incredible experience for the watching and the participating. And it's such a gift to bring um, long-held values into modern manifestations that are meaningful to those of us in ethical culture. It's a truly a real gift to all of us that have participated and who get to witness it. And so thank you very much for that. Hi, I'm Julie. I'm also she and her. Um, I would actually like to thank practically half of Chorus. Um, I don't think that there's anybody here behind me that doesn't do more than just, like, that only does this. And, and if I miss some of you, I, I'm really 
Um, sorry. Um, and half the time they're doing it while they're doing chorus. So usually John and Kristen, who isn't here today, are running back and forth doing sound. And Perry is running back and forth between the piano. And Perry or Karen are running back and forth being the efficient. Or um, sometimes Karen or Michelle or John are trying to run from Sunday school to help us out with something. And John also, uh, this John, there's two Johns, sorry. <laughs> Yes, and Johnny. And Johnny is doing guitar and this, and it's just insane. Anne is trying to do green team and this half the time. So it's just amazing how our choristers are juggling generally three hats every time you see us singing. So thank you. Hi, I'm Johnny. I just want to acknowledge uh, Kristen Hunter, who for uh, several years in the past uh, managed the sound team and uh, kept it going. Uh, we may take sound for granted, but um, somebody has to actually set it up and make it work. And, and uh, now John Pfeiffer is leading that effort, and uh, I think that's a big contribution to our society and to Sunday morning experience. Hi, I'm Joe, and um, we were asked to acknowledge people who are in the room, and these two people are not in the room right now, but I want to acknowledge them anyway. Uh, I went to camp, summer camp, as a uh, camper and later a counselor, and the director of that camp always told us a leader is someone who sees what needs to be done and does it. And I want to thank Carl Kosak and Jackie Frawley because I think they exemplify just that. I want to thank the children who participate in Winter Festival. And I especially would like to thank Anira. I'm looking at you. You want to stand up, Anira? Anira, for several years, had really significant roles in Winter Festival, which required a lot of line memorization and work. And many of our children participate in Winter Festival and memorize lines and go to those chaotic rehearsals and show up and their parents bring them. But I have such a particular memory of Anira during that time. And so I just want to thank you especially and all of our kids for bringing your work, your time, and also your joyful spirit to Winter Festival so that it's beautiful for the entire community. That is a huge gift. Thank you. I'd like to appreciate Sarah Morris, who for the last couple of years has headed up our auction, which is, has to be one of the most fun things that we do here. And everybody dresses up and acts silly, and it's actually such a wonderful thing. Thank you, Sarah. I'm John, uh, he, his. I wanted to appreciate Zev Green, who I've gotten to know a little bit since he's been here. We get to have him, I didn't realize, two whole years. 
And thank you so much for bringing this hilarious stone soup story to us. I want, I want to appreciate Rachel Alexander, who wears many, many hats here. And I haven't been to a board meeting for a while, but I know when I was on the board, she was a very engaged board member, and she's our president now. And she's an usher, and she's active with um, the showing up for racial justice and other stuff, too. So thanks, Rachel. that it's really beautiful to hear so many stories of abundance. And sometimes we need reminders of those connections. And so I hope you're going to support us now as we sing about them. Now, you're going to need to be ready to move, and I will guide you. It does not require dramatic motions, but it might require a little fun.
when we are quiet together. And so for just a moment, I want to invite you, whether your body is quiet or moving, that's okay, but I want to invite you to take a breath all together. Let it out. Let's do it again. And out. There are few places in our lives where we simply breathe together. The opportunity to do that with each other every week is a gift. To breathe in and out. And so as you go to your Thanksgiving tables this coming week, I invite you to take a moment to pause, to breathe in and out at that table, to look around at the people gathered there, to hold in your heart people you have been with in years past and may be with in years to come, and to hold in your heart this gathered community knowing that in some way they are at the table, too. I end our time together in this stone soup moment, in this quiet space, with a poem by Joy Harjo, a poet who is a member of the Ojibwe Nation and author of this poem, Perhaps the World Ends Here. The world begins at a kitchen table. No matter what, we must eat to live. The gifts of earth are bought and prepared, set on the table. So it has been since creation, and it will go on. We chase chickens or dogs away from it. Babies teeth at the corners. They scrape their knees under it. It is here that children are given instructions on what it means to be human. 
We make men at it. We make women. At this table, we gossip, recall enemies and the ghosts of lovers. Our dreams drink coffee with us as they put their arms around our children. They laugh with us at our poor, falling-down selves, and as we put ourselves back together once again at the table. This table has been a house in the rain, an umbrella in the sun. Wars have begun and ended at this table. It is a place to hide in the shadow of terror, a place to celebrate the terrible victory. We have given birth on this table and have prepared our parents for burial here. At this table, we sing with joy, with sorrow. We pray of suffering and remorse. We give thanks. Perhaps the world will end at the kitchen table while we are laughing and crying, eating of the last sweet bite. May your Thanksgiving hold sweet bites. And may you remember to breathe and recall all those gathered at our table. Just as we share community with each other, so too do we share resources and gifts with this community. Here at the West, we give half of all donated cash to a program whose values resonate with our own as a culture. This month, we are sharing the place with the program No Child Goes Hungry. This program has a simple mission to feed children using small grants to organizations like West and inviting them to use those grants to feed kids in their neighborhood. Last year, West received the grant and used it to support the refugee family we are connected with. This is our turn to pass along the good. If you are a visitor this morning, we invite you to be our guest. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. Please drop in the basket your field and gold sheets. Finally, we are also happy that we have a give by text off option. The information is on the screen behind me. We will now receive your gifts and the course is of music.
Thank you so much for that, and thank you to the many people who helped to create this morning's time together. At the welcome team, we had Doug and Rachel. Our ushers were Rachel, Brian, and Christina, different Rachel. Our musicians, of course, the West Chorus with Johnny and, in a moment, Andy on guitar, and Perry on piano. Jen was on AV, Eric on sound with some assist from John. And thank you to all those who are leading and supporting our work in the week to come. And I'm realizing there are also folks in the nursery, aren't there? Fatima and Saori are down there. Thank you to all those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come, especially to Pam and Genevieve, who have been organizing the Giving Tree. You can pick up your ornaments in the lobby after platform. The tree is set up, the ornaments are ready. You take those ornaments, instructions are there so that you can offer a gift to someone else this season. To Patty and other organizers of the Immigration Film Festival, which has a special showing of the film Strawberry Days, along with a discussion with a specialist on migrant workers. That's happening at the Gala Theater on um, this coming Saturday evening, so this Saturday after Thanksgiving. I invite you to join in that. And um, also to all of the folks with the Community Relations Committee who have put in your programs, there's an insert um, about eliciting feedback for uh, some guidelines and agreement about how we want to be together as a community. We invite you to fill those out and hand them in at the table in the lobby. And now please join our closing song for the month of November.
compassion, understanding, and connection, and save the abundance around us. I have connection as well as commitment. <laughs> Bailey also has connection, too, with commitment. All right, let's go.